The following is a production of Different Brains. Visit us at differentbrains.org. Hi, I'm Dr. Hackey Reitman. Welcome to another episode of Exploring Different Brains. And today, we're so lucky to have Matt Anderson with us because Matt is going to tell you all about Pride Industries and his unique concepts and what he's doing. Matt, welcome. Hello. Thanks for having us here today. Hey, Matt, why don't you give us a proper uh, introduction of yourself? Because I messed it up. Yeah, well, um, I usually like to say uh, and share, I'm new to this industry. I'm, I'm new to this world. I grew up, uh, I grew up in the mattress world. So I, uh, while I was in college, I was a biology major, planned on going to physical therapy school and got a job at a company called Sleep Train Delivering Mattresses. And I fell in love with the three things about that company. Uh, the owner was an unbelievable person, had a great culture. We did a ton for foster youth. So that was really why we existed. We gave a lot back to charity. And three, we were an ESOP. So it was an employee stock ownership program. And everything about the company, the better the company did, the more the better the employees did because they all had stock in the company. So just a great place to work. And I, while I was there, I got to run learning and development, talent acquisition, uh, functions of uh, total rewards, and then did a lot with our acquisitions. And it was a great career, loved working there. We ultimately sold the mattress firm, which was a good thing because all the employees got their retirement benefits all cashed out to them in retirement accounts. So people that never saved a dime had a lot of money put in their account. And our Ticket to Dream Foundation that we were really big with foster youth went from being just on the West Coast to being a national chain because Mattress Firm expanded it. Uh, my friend, the owner, he still runs it today, uh, helps foster youth all across the country. He partners with Mattress Firm, Famous Footwear, and uh, also Fox Sports. So it's really turned into a big deal, does a lot of good. Uh, well, I, was, I stayed with Mattress Firm for about four years, and uh, I got tired of having an office in Houston and New York and didn't feel quite as connected to the mission as I did when I was with Sleep Train. And so I left that organization when the opportunity came. And I just knew I wanted to find a company where I felt like it was a good purpose, a good mission, you know, make the world a better place. And it turns out that Pride Industries is five minutes from my house. I didn't know a lot about it. I didn't know a lot about the industry. Uh, so I joined Pride uh, almost four years ago and uh, haven't looked back. I love working here. It's a great organization. Uh, we do a lot of good. That's great. You know, I tell our interns and everyone, uh, don't buy society's big lie that having a good time and working hard are mutually exclusive. <laughs> and that if you can find something you love doing that you're good at doing or want to be good at doing, and you can make a good living and help other people, you made it. You don't have to work a day in your life. Yeah. Look at you. You're living the dream. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I always say I'm one of the luckiest people at Pride. That's great. Um, tell us about what Pride is about. So our mission is to create employment for people with, with disabilities. Uh, the company started in a basement of a church 55 years ago. Uh, a couple of parents who had uh, kids with some developmental disabilities just wanted them to have like the power of purpose, a paycheck, and a job, and they started a nonprofit. And about 30 years ago, this great guy called Ziggy, Mike Ziegler, came to the organization. And he had this dream of instead of relying on donations and charity to run, that if he turned it into, you know, good business products, good services, that, you know, someday they could employ a thousand people. 
And that, that's what Pride grew into. So today they, we do uh, manufacturing, make medical devices. So we have electronics manufacturing. Uh, you know, there's 250 employees there and over 100 of them have a, have a disability doing all kinds of different roles in that, that manufacturing plant. Uh, we do logistics. So like supply chain with any HP printer part that's shipped anywhere in US, Canada, or Mexico comes out of our warehouse. Uh, we do a lot of facilities. So anything from custodial to water treatment plants, everything it takes to run a building, you know, electrical, HVAC, a lot of trades jobs. And we do that all across the country with our facility contracts. All in all, uh, we have those three lines of businesses and the new one we're starting, which is inclusive talent solutions. But I was just amazed when I toured the company and I heard we did grounds, I pictured lawnmowers and blowers and I go out to NASA and there's, there's a guy uh, mowing the lawns, but it's, it's a 30 foot tractor, you know, that, that's mowing 30 feet at a time. And, you know, I heard facilities and I pictured nothing but custodial. And you see some of these trades, these good paying roles that we have people into really a good living wage, um, which was impressive to see as I went around the country. And so today there's uh, 6,000 employees and 4,000 of them have a disability. And wow. so, yeah. Do the employees, do they work for pride and are contracted out or how does that work? Yeah. So a lot of times we get contracts and then we are the employer of record um, right. on all of those. And that those are all of our business contracts. We also have a huge employment service department as well. So we're, we're providing services to help people get employment. And in that case, you know, we have over 300 employment partners um, in Northern California alone, where we're helping people to get different types of jobs um, at all different levels. So we also help placement in the community. Uh, yeah. And we have a transportation department as well. <laughs> and how has COVID affected you? You know, there, there's two ways to, to look at how it affected us. Uh, one would be for the, the services we're providing, you know, really why we exist, our mission. Um, unfortunately, there are a lot of people who we were providing services to and helping to get employment were mandated to stay home because they were high risk. Um, and and that, was, that was very unfortunate for us because we're about getting them to work, getting them out of the house, uh, making sure they loved coming to work. You know, a lot of times that's their favorite place to be. Uh, everybody at Pride is is competitive, integrated employment, making over minimum wage. So it's it's a good environment. And uh, what we found though is we had to pivot. So with that group, we went to a lot of virtual services, a lot of training provided to people virtually. Um, you saw a lot of growth out of people having to use virtual services, um, some of the ones that needed the most support. Um, our transportation fleet went from giving people rides to work to maybe going giving them a ride to be the one thing they they got out of there their house that week was to maybe just go do a tour in a van by, by themselves in that van, but get out of the house and go just see some things. So that, that part of our organization really had to pivot and shift, which is interesting. I know a lot of organizations really struggled. Um, so we just, some great people there had, had some good ideas. And then a lot of our businesses were essential functions. So that really became about how do we keep everybody safe um, how, and keep them employed and keep those things happening, you know, to keep making uh, medical devices or to keep, uh, keep, keep courthouses clean that we're staying open, uh, keep military bases running, all of those types of things. Now, does someone have to be local for you to take them on? Um, so we will do contracts with Pride. And then the thing I haven't talked much about is, is inclusive talent solutions. And that's where we're really helping to place. Um, that's kind of our new business line. It, it's an idea that started, we have a, a program for training. It's called our Next Generation Leadership Program. And uh, it's like an 18-month track for people with, uh, it's really like a diversity and disability initiative within Pride to help people move up into director and, and executive levels. And a group had the project that they did over 18 months was to help other companies hire more people with disabilities. 
And that's where the idea of inclusive talent solutions came from. That if we can run a 60% ratio that any company out there can run 10%. And so we really set it up like a staffing company. So it's an easy mechanism. A lot of Fortune 500 companies use, you know, they might use direct placement or attempt to hire or retain search. Um, but there's not many staffing companies that, that prioritize hiring people with disabilities. And so that, that's how our model works is, is if they partner with us, we're going to prioritize hiring people with disabilities and basically operate like a staffing company. We also have a lot of training and supports available and that training's through two lenses. So support for the company on how to have a more inclusive environment, whether it's training for the front line, for HR, for managers. Um, and then we also access training for employees to be successful or supports and coaching they need once they're in those roles. So if a company hires you to get you staff, then yeah. you don't abandon them, you help them, you hold their hand, you take them yeah. through all the paces, you make sure they know. Yeah, because we want to make sure we're putting people in an inclusive environment and that they get a job and then there's there's positive outcomes and career advancement after that. And you work with all different size companies? We, with inclusive talent solutions, we really try to work with large organizations. Uh, so right now we're in, um, we, we just started this, right? So this idea came about 18 months ago. Uh, we hired a team of people to, to put it together, some that have a uh, Hired some amazing people. Uh, Dan Robin, who was, uh, he started the program inside of Amazon, um, their global disability program. Uh, so he, he's on our team. Um, we got a consultant that worked at Ronstadt, a high level staffing company to help us out. Some recruiters, some really good people in the learning development space. Um, some that understand company side and some that understand more the rehabilitation side and uh, started putting our programs together. So today we're in Chicago, Charlotte, uh, we're in Cal cities in California, um, we're in Portland and Seattle, and then we'll be in Florida and Texas and New Jersey um, in the next few months as well. Wow. And usually we, we work with a company who's who's thinking of at least like 100 labor orders a year. If we're going to do a model where we're, we're helping the staff and provide support and make sure somebody's there, uh, we call them an employment success manager that works in that market and is on location to help make sure that it's going well. Now, your disabilities or differences. Yeah. Yeah. Or differently abled individuals, they span all different types of individuals. It's not just one type of difference. Is that a correct statement? Yeah, you know, so pride has always been all disabilities, right? Like neurodiverse. Um, you know, we have a, a lot of people that might be have a hearing impairment, a visual impairment. Um, we have, I think we have some, it's a large number, six or seven interpreters at one site out at Fort Bliss um, that can do sign language. So uh it's this full spectrum of disabilities, right? So it could be mental health, uh, could be some sort of chronic illness. So we, we don't specialize in any one. And a lot of times we'll partner with somebody who does specialize where needed to help make sure we're providing the right supports if we don't have it ourselves. Uh, the inclusive talent solutions model, we, we prioritize. So I'll, I'll give you an example of how it works is in, in a city uh, like Chicago, if we're going to try and hire 100 people a year, We'll probably shoot to have a, a our first priority is to hire some people that might need support employment um, those that need help the most that's why we exist as an organization it's why we were started and then we would open it up to, to all disabilities that we're, we're going to try to source people for for that um, if we can't fill the jobs with all disabilities we also work with other barrier groups in that area we decide we define barrier like WIOA. and then if i can't fill all the jobs with those groups at the end we'll use traditional methods to also place we want to make sure we always fill the customer's needs, but we're going to prioritize increasing um, the number of people they hire with disabilities as the top priority. 
And we ended up involved trying to figure out, to straighten out, which you can't do, this whole SSDI conundrum. Yeah. And the whole, the whole counterintuitive and counterproductive way. So, for instance, one of our interns who's out in California says, look, if I try to get this job and I fail at it, I can't reapply for. I lose my benefits. Five years. Five years. Yeah. Ago, I can't. Yeah. So why am I going to gamble on getting a job? What's been your experience with this and what thoughts do you have on that? That That is so I'm I'm totally new, like I said, to this world. And as I as fresh eyes coming in, there's lots of things that I see, and I'm like, that just doesn't make any sense, right? Um, and, and a lot of it might be the way things have always been done within the industry, or why some policies exist today. Uh, but but my answer there is, you know, there, there's the ticket to work program, which we try to see if somebody wants to enroll in, which extends it a little bit further. Uh, that that's one option or or thing that's out there. Um, we do some benefit planning. So we have benefit planners that can help to make sure that people are making a good decision on what that really means. Um, you, you need to go through a lot of training to be one of those benefit planners. It's, it's not something you could just, I couldn't, I couldn't learn it in just a couple hours, right? It's a very complicated process. So we have some people that specialize in that. Um, and then that, that's on the supports you could give. The other side is, well, then can I, can I get an employer that would split a job between two or three people so that they have a couple part-time people instead of one full-time person? Um, so there's there's two angles to look at how we might approach that. Right. We we were having some talks with some of your fellow Californians out there, yeah. Orange County, who okay. were trying to make some policy differences. Oh, and, that's great. Uh, I got a buddy of ours who's been a great, great proponent for all of us who are disabled um, with the AADMD, and now he's at the President's Council, National Council on Disability. Rick Rader, okay. and, um, and now he's with the White House. He was appointed by Trump and kept by Biden, so he's not a political guy. And he's, a, he's absolutely brilliant. And um, we're trying to think outside the box a little bit, um, but like some of these laws, just they make no sense, you know? Yes, yeah, you, you, exactly. Why are you going to punish somebody for trying to get a job? I mean, yeah. So... Uh, that's now. So, if one of our interns who are neurodivergent, yep, want to contact Pride to have you help them get a job, is that appropriate, or how does that work? Totally good. Yeah, they could contact us through. We have a an I am able hotline. They could email me directly, uh, and then we also could could reach out through our website. Great. And uh, we're always looking to find more talent that we can help place in jobs. That's great. Um, I was once on a panel where I was kind of taken to task a little bit by the global leader for SAP, the world's largest uh, software company, uh, who has a big program for autistic individuals. At the time, this is a couple of years ago, uh, Jose Velasquez, I think it was. And uh, um, he said, Hacky, let me correct you on that. I said, please do. He said, this is not a social welfare program. This is good for the bottom line of our company. When we get an autistic individual who can sit there and focus and work on those computers for you know, 10 hours at a clip, it improves our bottom line. They're dedicated, loyal, and, and so forth. Um, do you have companies that single out asking 
you pride for a specific differently abled individual? Um, you mean by the actual type of disability or just that they're asking for a person with a disability for a specific job? No, they're, they're asking you by the type of uh, disability. Yeah, I think that that's that that might happen sometimes, right? But we try not to say that this person with this disability is good at this job, um, yeah. right? Like, uh, so we really want to say, hey, if, if what job does this person want to do, and what job can they do, and if there's a gap, do we need to get them some training to get to that job? Gotcha. Um, and and then you know, like I think I mentioned, I worked at Sleep Train. I wasn't going to college to go, you know, deliver beds and, and sell <laughs> beds at some point, right? Like. But it was a great culture. And so how do we bring in finding a good culture or a good atmosphere as, as part of that conversation too, where they're going? Um, but you know, you, you touched on something and I always say sometimes for, for an individual, sometimes it's their their superpower or their cool ability is to do a job for a longer period of time. So sometimes we'll say it might take somebody a little longer to get up their time to proficiency, might take a little longer, but once they're there, they can maintain it for a longer period of time. Um, that was something that was kind of proved out with, with Amazon is we might have had a little bit longer learning curve for an individual. And then once they were there, they, they had better retention, better attendance, had, you know, the same productivity as, as everybody else, but even higher quality and safety scores. So it, it yeah, is the it performance is. Uh, that they're keeping statistics on that I'm aware of anyway, has been very impressive, yeah, quite yeah. superior to the. Uh, Neurotypicals, and, and and we're just getting started, but we're really hoping that we're we're tracking everything. We we invested a lot in business intelligence, and so as we're building out these these customers, it's how can we continue to make those business cases, so that because we don't want to ever be seen as this is something you're doing as it, it's a it's business excellence with a social impact. We don't want it to be seen like a charity. We want this to be a good business decision as why you're doing it because we think that's how you do much much more of it. There's so many business, I'm sure you're aware of all, all the different business benefits. I mean, today, like ESGs become a big thing where companies get get rated on environmental social governance. Um, banks actually will, will give companies a higher valuation or better loan rates in some cases if they have higher ESG scores. And it's just a way to like supersize the S in, in ESG. I was not aware of that. What does ESG stand for? So it's, it's environmental social governance. A lot of big organizations have an environmental social governance policy. They'll, they'll have a webpage. They'll be part of their webpage. They'll post what they're doing there. Um, if you were to go to different financial institutions, they all have different ways of measuring it. So it's not a standard here in the U.S. today. It is actually a standard over in Europe on how, how they might rate a company. Um, but today, different institutions do it through different lenses and have different ways of keeping score. So Charles Schwab might be different than Merrill Lynch on how they rate companies for ESG. Um, but within the social part of that, that is where diversity and inclusion sits. And, and that's where it's something that, you know, you start getting the C-suites to be paying more attention to it too, and have that as part of their drive. Um, and that's one of the one of the benefits. That's good. That's really good stuff. What do you see as the challenge for human resource departments to get them on board with this? Like when you go to a big company and... Yeah. You got to deal with their human resources. Yeah. It's, you know, I'll, I'll just some of the things that we're, we're having learning lessons as we, we work with human resources. We're, we're saying, hey, here's training on being more inclusive and hiring neurodiverse individuals, um, understanding, you know, here's inclusion 101 for hiring people um, that might have a barrier to employment. And sometimes there'll be a big company and they'll say, hey, I already have great training on this and we, we do it. And then we, we share what the actual things that we're going to talk about are. 
And they're like, well, they might have a little bit of diversity training and a little bit of inclusion training, but not getting down into, you know, the tactical way to, to be really good at it. So opening up those eyes to, to training, um, there's, there's some biases there around people thinking of what it's going to take or what it's going to cost for accommodations. Uh, and do they today have a good accommodation process to be able to give somebody what might enable them to be very successful? And a lot of times they're very low cost things. A lot of times those things can be covered. Um, out here in California, they have regional centers. And I think in some places, it, and out here in California, it's Department of Rehab. In other states, it's 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 vocational rehab. But there, a lot of times, somebody who is receiving supports will have access to some of the accommodations they might need, and, and they will cover it as well. It's not always a business expense. Nice, nice. Can you walk us through like what you might do with a, an individual when you're identifying the right job for them and how you get that job for them? Like kind of an example walkthrough. Yeah, and, and it would really depend on, on where they're, they're, what talent pool they're coming through. Um, what we kind of start to set up a network of partners in an area. So like in, in a city, uh, for example, like Charlotte, there's, there's 70 different organizations that kind of qualify for disabilities or barriers and, and some of them specialize more in autism or some of them might specialize in all disabilities. And so as, as they're, they're sending us people, what we're looking for is the combination of is can they do the job with some sort of accommodation or support system? And then can we make sure to have that support available? Uh, so we're trying to look at both what the environment's like. Uh, so if we're placing somebody, um, what, what's this job like? And is that an environment that they'd want to go into? Um, do they want to talk to the public or not talk to the public? Um, and uh, there could be several different examples of that. And, and I'm definitely not the expert on that, right? So we, we have like an employment success manager who's there and, and they're talking to their local experts from all these different agencies and partners that we're creating and saying, what's this person's individual plan? And then does that plan fit in with the jobs that we have? And can we make sure we provide the supports they need to be successful there? It's definitely not a... I, I can't do a little matrix, right? Like and say, yeah, hey, you know, this one goes here. It's, it's, it's not, here's what I figured out. It's not easy. It's complicated. And if it was easy, somebody would have figured it out by now and we wouldn't have this huge unemployment rate. And if we're really going to impact the unemployment rate, um, you got to take on some really complex and challenging things. It's not a cookbook. Not a cookbook. <laughs> yeah. Can you share a uh, success story with us? Yeah. I, I, you know, I could think of a few different, you know, examples of, uh, you know, we're placing and maybe placing somebody in, a, in an entry logistics role, and then they, they move in. Next thing you know, they've got promoted to a supervisor or a learning coordinator. Uh, you know, Pride has an employee who, who's been at McDonald's for 33 years here in, in, in Sacramento. Uh, we, we have employees that maybe got started in doing kidding and then got trained for doing soldering, and then we're placing chips on circuit boards, uh, on Pride contracts. Um, other places we've placed... Uh, our success is, hey, maybe they were our employee for 90 days because in that staffing model, and it's a success every time they convert and they become an employee at that site. And then the next goal is, can we help them to, you know, let's maintain that job, but also can we help them to advance? Uh, wow. Currently, we have some people who maybe have been custodians for years for, at Pride, right? Like they've done the same job for a long time. And so one of the things that the industries we focus on is healthcare, because I can get you a job as an environmental technician and you go from making minimum wage to 20 to $28 an hour. And so can we take some of our custodians that want to, to continue to advance and grow and train them on environmental technician classes and then place them in those jobs and have success at those ones as well. 
So that that's something Pride's been doing for years. We have a couple uh, contracts at hospitals, and then now we've gotten contracts for doing placements through Inclusive Talent Solutions with a hospital here locally as well. Wow. Now, how many employees do you have to run the whole thing? And in Inclusive Talent Solutions or all of Pride? No, just in, in other words, for lack of a better term, I'll say in your ad administrative end, who get the jobs for people, but are part of the, uh, well, I guess yes. it's all the same thing, really. Yeah, so, you know, in, in the ITS, in, in all of Pride, like, so in our rehab services division, there's over 300 FTEs whose jobs are either job coaching, job support, case management, helping them to get them jobs. Um, and in, in inclusive talent solutions, it kind of scales with our customers. So in every market, we'll have an employment success manager and then we'll either layer in job coaches as well or partner with somebody who has job coaches in that market to provide that type of training and support. Uh, administratively, we definitely have a, a decent number of employees as an organization to, to, to keep it all going. And if you add everything together, all the people you place, all the contract, all the people who work at Pride, what kind of number is that? So um, historically, like we have 6,000 employees, 4,000 with a disability. We place around another 1,000 a year into the community. Um, our goal is to get to 100,000 a year. And so that's with ITS or Inclusive Talent Solutions. Our goal is to get to do 100,000 people a year in the next five years. How does our audience learn more about you and your work? Yeah, so uh, our, our website a, uh, is a great place to go to, right? Pride Industries. Uh, you know, I'm Matt Anderson. That's matt.anderson at prideindustries.com. Is there anything we haven't discussed that you would like to discuss? Well, one, I, I want to thank you for the work that you do on bringing just some, some attention to, to neurodiversity, um, to helping to bring more awareness out there to the world. This is a great, great job that you're doing and running this podcast. Uh, there, there's not enough knowledge out there. I was ignorant to it before I, I got to Pride. And I think there's a lot of people out there that uh, don't look at things through the right lenses and, and know what's possible. So I appreciate all the work that you do. Well, thank you. That's very kind of you. Um, what, is, what is one thing that you think that people and the public and the employers don't get, might not get about Pride Industries? That's a good question. You know, just just like me, when I didn't, I wasn't aware. It's a very complex organization, and so I was talking about all the different things that Pride Industries can do, right? So the fact that we can partner with Fortune 500 companies to help them be more successful, um, we could we could work through procurement departments to to help be a part of their supply chain in some way. Um, it's just it's a very complex organization. That, that does a lot of good as, as a big nonprofit. Um, so it's, 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 it's I, I always share, I'm, I, I'm like one of the luckiest people there, right? Like uh, what I get to do is share what Pride's been doing for years, right? It's like the magic of Pride with other organizations and other companies. And uh, have you ever watched Transformers? A long time ago, yeah. Okay, so in Transformers, there's this little box called an AllSpark. Right. And you touch this little box to a car and it turns a car into a transformer and they touch that that to multiple cars and those cars turn into transformers and they go out and they save the world. Right. And so I, I get to sit here and talk about pride and how great it is. But I want to touch pride to a lot of big organizations 
to help really go out there and reduce the unemployment rate for people with disabilities. And gotcha. um, especially the, the ones who, who need the most support, right? Like that's, that's why we exist and that's where we started. Oh, that's terrific, terrific stuff. Uh, the, the, the amazing thing at Pride is I've, as I've went around and met people is, is there is, it's full of great people that somehow when you do this type of work, you're surrounded by people that are all there for the mission, doing the right thing. Um, you know, Zig had this saying, you know, no money, no mission. Uh, but the mission was, is always first. And that, that's one of the greatest things about pride is, is I go around and I, there's people that have been doing this for 10, 20 and 30 years throughout the whole organization and taking their knowledge and figuring out how to package that and share that, which it's in a very complex world with other organizations is, is just such a great challenge and great opportunity at the same time. Right. Matt, um, are you and pride doing anything, uh, special for National Disability Employment Awareness Month? We have a whole bunch of things going on uh, for that. Um, we're, gonna, we're gonna offer some trainings up for people for some employers to go through. Um, our Inclusivity 101 class. Uh, we, we have quite a few different things with this, this I Am Able hotline that we've launched is something that's new. So we're, we're gonna start communicating and sharing more of that as well. Um, from a personal experience that, that, that I am able, I sometimes will teach some classes at Sac State and almost every time I, I go and I teach one of those courses and it's like a continued ed class. So that's just, you know, a couple sessions. I'll have somebody in that class that finds out I work at Pride and asks me, how do they get support or help for somebody? Um, and they have a, 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 a brother, a sister, a kid, a cousin, somebody in their family that they didn't know that some of these supports exist. And it's just amazing to me, right? That there, 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 there's not more knowledge of how do I connect to those supports that every state offers uh, and, and how to connect to them and how to get those supports. Matt Anderson, what is one thing you wish that every employer knew about the potential of differently abled employees? The one thing that I wish everybody knew is that they can have a huge impact and that it's a good business decision. They're, they're going to help and have better retention, better attendance, and be just as capable as everybody else. Well, Matt Anderson, Pride Industries, thank you so much for spending time with us, enlightening us. And uh, say once more the uh, website so people can go to it. Yeah, prideindustries.com. That's great. Matt, I hope you'll come back again real soon. It's been a pleasure having you here. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Exploring Different Brains is a production of Different Brains. Visit us at differentbrains.org.